Welcome to the People's Church Sermoncast. You can join us for our live worship services on Sundays at 10 a.m. People's Church is located at the corner of Mill Plain and Andreessen in Vancouver, Washington. Please visit our website at peoplesvancouver.church to learn more about our community and how you can get involved. And now for this week's sermon. You're listening to the sermon cast from People's Church of Vancouver, Washington. You're invited to join us on Sunday mornings at 10.30 a.m. We're located at 6801 East Mill Plain Boulevard in Vancouver, Washington. For more information, visit us at peopleschurchvancouver.org. Now for this week's sermon. Good morning, family. Got a question for you? Isn't this a great day to be in the house of the Lord? I didn't sound very confident. Isn't it a great day to be in the house of the Lord? And it's also very nice to see some faces I haven't seen in a long time. People that were children when I met them. Still babies. Thank you for showing me I'm getting old. Um... I don't know how this is going to go. I'm probably going to throw my notes away, of course. This all came together nicely in the confines of my office at home, but uh, as the Lord is wont to do, he tends to uh, change things for his liking, not necessarily mine. So uh, bear with me today. Wow. Heavenly Father, God, I praise you today. I glorify you and I thank you. I thank you for the healing that you gave my spiritual father and took him to glory. I thank you that you uh, healed his pain and his suffering, Lord God, and took him to be with you in in your bosom, Lord God, where he can crack you up all day long and, and chase rabbits as much as he wants. God bless him, he might catch one. But Heavenly Father, today for us, As we mourn the loss and celebrate the life of just what he meant to us, Lord God, I pray today that your message coming from my lips will touch hearts and minds, Lord God, and and just give us another step closer to the maturity of being a a, a true Christian, a true follower of Jesus Christ. I praise you today in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. Continuing in the Chronicles of Vern, I'm going to go with suffering. We're going to talk about Peter a bit. (laughs) I got to settle down. I just got to settle down. You know, even in our suffering, it's all a love story from God to us. Because we grow in that. We, We have to grow in that because we don't know enough. We don't understand enough about the greatness and the goodness of God and and how it becomes a part of us. Because we're on a road, right? We're on a road. We're all on the road to glory. And in 1 Peter, and we can really kind of understand Peter, you know, because Peter is writing to all these churches that have been scattered, right? All these churches, these people have been scattered all over the place. They're They're being tortured. They're suffering some great abuses by the culture around them for being Christians. Honestly, we probably don't really understand that to the depth of what was going on. 
Um, we're living in an idyllic place. It's getting less and less so every day. But we are living in an idyllic um, place to be Christians. Not so great for a lot of people around the world. Um, and that, that engenders a little bit of complacency, you know, in our minds. Because we're insulated in America. We really are. In Canada, they just uh, outlawed some things and told pastors they can't preach about certain things. So it's coming. It's coming. And, and the suffering refines us if we're doing it in a, in a biblical way. Uh, I'll give another testimony on my hip. For those of you that don't know, three weeks ago today, I had a cane. I could only work three or four hours a day. I have to get a hip replacement in July, but I've been suffering with that for a good year. And it was just affecting me. Get off work and my pain's a 12. It's, ah, just want to cut it off, throw it away. Three weeks ago today, you know, uh, the, the night before that, I was miserable. Miserable. Hating life. You know, really, hating life. Those of you that have dealt with chronic pain understand where I'm coming from. It's miserable. It's, it's just debilitating. It just sucks the life out of you. And I whined and complained and whined and complained and whined and complained to God. And God's like, well, what are you doing, dude? What? (laughs) Wait a minute. What are you doing? You're praying, but you're not really praying. You're whining. You're not praying with any real faith. You're just whining at me. But what's your assignment? What are you supposed to be doing? Are you taking care of yourself? Are you doing those exercises you looked at on YouTube that might help your hip? Are you eating right? Are you doing the things that will help me help you? Because if you stay in the same condition, in that whiny condition, nothing glorifies God. You know, I just wake up one day and go, wow, I feel better. Hmm, Cool. Go on about my business. No, a miracle happened to me. So I'm going to tell you every time I preach about this miracle that happened to me. Because... Grace gathered everybody up because we were praying for healings. We were praying for God. And to be honest with you, straight up, 100%, I didn't have faith for that healing for me. Grace and the congregation helped me with my faith. It lifted me up. You know what I'm saying? It helped me with my faith because I didn't have faith for that. And really, my inner prayer, my heart prayer was, God, just help me with this pain. You, ain't got, you don't have to fix everything. Just help me with this pain because that was the immediate need. You know, that would affect my life immediately. Look at me. I'm all off on a rabbit trail somewhere. But anyway, I'm going to keep preaching. Because when he touched it, Monday morning, I woke up with no pain. And I tell people, I've spoken to to a few, uh, you know, backdoor Christians, like on the side, on the bench Christians, people like that. Well, I don't care what you believe. I know what happened. You know, I don't care what you believe. I know what happened. And when God touches you, it's an amazing thing. And and what I've been really trying to do, I don't want to squander. I don't want to not come back and say thank you. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to be the guy that's out there. Woohoo! Look at me. And then something else befalls me. You know what I'm saying? So three weeks. Cain's been in the back of my car. Do I experience a little pain? From time to time. But, but, but God is good and he's merciful. And he gives us what we need. Not necessarily what we want. 
Hallelujah. Well, in First Peter, he kind of gives us an idea of, uh, you know, in a nutshell, what we're called to. Right? For as a believer, you have been called for this purpose, since Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example so you may follow in his footsteps. He committed no sin, nor was deceit ever found in his mouth. By being reviled and insulted, he did not revile or insult in return. While suffering, he made no threats of vengeance, but kept trusting himself to him who judges fairly. For you were continually wandering like so many sheep, but now you have come back to the shepherd, the guardian of your souls. That's a lot. And when you think about that and you read these words, um, especially if you're pretty new Christian or you haven't really delved deep in the word of God, uh, that's, that's, that's kind of wow. You know, Jesus gave us a perfect example of obedience to God and obedience to the purpose for which he came here because he knew his purpose. He knew why God had tapped him on the shoulder. He knew this. And he also knew all the persecutions that were going to come on him. But the greatest thing about Peter and the disciples was having that knowledge and understanding. They knew it wasn't about this life. It's not about the comforts you can gain in this life. It's not about all the things that you can get in this life. Because in the beginning... In 1 Peter 1, he tells us about what? The blessings, the benefits of the suffering. He leads with that. I'm not going to lead with that. I'm less positive, but hey. (laughs) But he's the guardian of us. You will have trouble in this life, right? We got to kind of refine our perspective and our understanding. Because the American way of life and the American dream is the pursuit of stuff, happiness, victory, utopia, retirement, vacationing. That all in and of itself is not bad, but it seems to be the primary pursuit even within the church. And it's so hard to untangle yourself from the world. The suffering, for Jesus' sake, untangles us from the world. It moves our perspective. It puts us up here. When Jesus was up on the cross from where he stood and from where he looked, he saw what was going on. He knew what was happening. We have the word of God to let us know what's happening. But if we don't connect with that word, if we don't read it and we don't believe it and we don't exercise it, we're lost. We're just as lost as everyone else out here that does not have the word because we have no idea what God really has for us or what purpose for which he tapped us on the shoulder and said, I have purpose for you. We have really got to start understanding the word of God is the foundational document to teach us what we are to do in glory. Because we're all moving towards glory. You know, we're all moving towards glory. I can't remember. But it says, you know, we're going to be refined by fire. And some of us will get there with a little bit of smoke coming off us. You know what I'm saying? But, but, But get there. Get there. 
Because just like pastor called me his beloved, I know what that means. I know what that means. A man of actually very few words. I can't remember having more than 15, 20 minutes of just uninterrupted conversation with pastor over 20 years. And we spent quite a bit of time together. But the, but the nonverbals, the nonverbals, the looks, the touch, the pats, all those little things were nourishment to my soul because this man loves me. You know, and, and, and I know him. See, we need to know God so we can know how he really feels about us. Because you can tell me all day long about how you feel about me. Whatever. But when you show me how you feel about me, when you show me that you trust me, that you care about what I care about, and that you are invested in my life as much as I can be invested. And he was invested in my life, him and Grace, long before I was invested in theirs. Christ invested himself in our lives before we even saw or knew him or knew of him. God was investing in the love that he has for us to grow us up. I'm sad today, but I'm not going to cry right now. You know why? Because I have a responsibility to bring the word of the Lord in power and in mercy. So you understand that we have we have lost something personal, physical, but we have gained something in knowing that we're going to see that joker again. You know what I'm saying? We're going to see that joker again. And I can't wait because I love that dude. Man, I love that dude. He is the single most. I haven't been anywhere this long as I've been at this church. And when I came in, shame puppy, tail dragon, drugged out, you know, really. I was strung out on meth for a couple of years when I came to People's Church. In a terrible marriage, my life was not good. I know you don't think that of me. But he saw me, grabbed me, held on to me, pushed me, got me up here. Like every comfort zone that I had, he was just like, because he was so loyal to me that I could not be disloyal to him. That's the greatest example of Christ in my life next to my father that I could find. Him and Grace showed me the greatest. I told you I wasn't going to make this a memorial, Grace, but I'm sorry. (laughs) But I'm I'm sorry because I want to let you know he was not a perfect man. He was about as far from perfect as you could get and still be a Christian. Hey, I'm not speaking no blasphemy. And that's what I loved about him because he was real. And I watched him and Grace suffer. I watched them pour their entire heart and lives into this church and into me. When I was a single dad, he made sure I didn't become homeless. He made sure he's always helping me, never turned me down. And I know sometimes to his own hurt. So if we talk about suffering today, suffering for the good, I watched this couple suffer for me personally and for many others. Thanklessly, 
most of the time. But that paves the road to glory. Next slide there, Big Daddy. So these are the list of privileges that we get as we go through suffering. And I'm also going to say something that might rattle a few people. You can be upset at me. I don't care. God loves me. Grace loves me. So you can be mad at me. Some of our suffering is not suffering. I've really had to sit down and think about things in a way that more like God thinks about things than the way man thinks. Because, I'm sorry, complaining in America is just a pastime. (laughs) That's like watching the game, you know. I'm standing around at work with a bunch of people, most of them under the age of 40, making $100,000 plus a year. Man, I need some cheese and crackers to go with these jokers, man, because this is the wine fest. We have to think about what's going on. This life is not supposed to be easy. Okay? Being a Christian is supposed to be easy. I'm going to spit my gum out. Being a Christian is a growth process. It's about maturity. Okay? We got to stop being whiny children and understand that adulthood is not easy. I have to stand up here and be an adult today. I have to be strong to articulate the word of God today. I can't be up here whining and crying and, oh, no, it's not, no, no time for that. And when I go home, it's happening. I told myself after I did get done preaching, I'll give myself the opportunity to grieve. But not today. Today we're going to talk about the amazing, uncompromising, totally ridiculous love of God. It's insane. Look at Pastor Mulkey. Those of you that know him, holy cow. For 20 years, guess what I got to watch? Him grow into a loving, gracious, understanding pastor of men. I got to watch that. He taught me so much because he was so real. He was so real. He taught me how to give because that dude gave too much. Grace gave too much. You know, he taught me about Jesus with skin on. You know, Jesus with skin on. He touched you with Jesus. He just didn't talk about him. Well, they say, don't talk about it, be about it. He was about it. About touching lives. He could see you. And whatever potential you had, I don't care how small, whatever potential, he just, he could find it and see it and start poking at it and pull it out and say, hey, you need to, you got potential. You need to do something with this. I believe that was his talent. God spoke into his heart about those things. And he, and he, he just wanted to draw people in because he believed everybody had a ministry. You know, he, it's not about being the king. So the long list of privileges that Peter lines out before he starts smacking us around with suffering, right? Peter says we are blessed with great mercy. We are blessed with a new birth. We are given a living hope. We're giving an imperishable, undefiled, unfading inheritance in heaven. We are given a purified soul. We are introduced into a brotherhood of love. We receive constant spiritual nourishment for growth from the word. 
We have the honor of being identified as living stones, a spiritual house, a holy and royal priesthood, a chosen race, a holy nation, and a people of God's own possession. Furthermore, Peter says we have received a spiritual gift by which we can minister with divine power to the body of Christ. Think about that for a minute. Wow. He says we have a stewardship of God's manifold grace. We are the recipients of the promise of eternal glory. We have been given hope of God's... Whatever. Oh, well, it was early this morning. (laughs) Uh, So what do you think about all that? When was the last time somebody read 1 Peter? None of y'all. I love Peter, because you know me, I like to keep it 100, and Peter keeps it very 100. He, no, there's no sauce on this. You know, he tells you, this is what you can get, but this is what you're going to go through. You ready? It's like Jesus says, oh, well, you know, when, uh, who's it, James and John come and ask, can I sit on your right or your left? Can you drink this cup? You know, yeah, you're going to. Wow, these guys didn't change their minds in the midst of suffering. Can we do that? Ukraine has a very, very, very large Christian population. It was one of the first churches out there in that part of the country. They're suffering today. They're suffering. Our hearts need to break for that. Because we're just, there's too much things we can distract ourselves with. Don't lose, because that's what binds us and strengthens us. You saw those people come together once they were in a battle. You know, we're always in a battle. We battle not with flesh and blood. My biggest enemy is my stupid brain. You know, because I lose sight of the privileges. All right. Now, that sounds kind of bad, right? I mean, on the surface. Because patience down here proves out our faith. Right? James 1, count it all joy when you suffer many things, because it will, what? Build you. Build your faith. Trouble builds faith. Like, I got no problem believing God for a healing now. Imagine that. <laughs> but God is going to invest in each one of your hearts. Not my heart. Not just my heart. I'm nothing special. Each one of your hearts, God will invest in you the things that you need, but we have to focus. And a non-riddling ADD person like me, trust me, it's brutal to focus. It's brutal to focus on doing the right thing no matter what the circumstances are in your life because God has promised you many things if you but understand, read them, and believe them. If you are a Christian, If you're not a Christian, I don't know what to tell you. I don't even know why you're here. You know, if you want to be a Christian, come talk to me. Got plenty of pastors up here can lead you to. But I'm telling you, don't think this is an easy thing. It's simple obedience to God, but it ain't easy because we have an enemy of our souls. Pastor Mulkey 
suffered through a lot of things. Some he brought on himself, some were inflicted by others. I had the privilege of watching him walk through these things, to grow through these things, to stand in sometimes with his chin out there and take the pops and suffer through him and grace suffering through some misery that I watched. It just strengthened me to see them because I, when you're in the church, you know, kind of in staff and when you grew up in church, you hear everything. But also you learn not to comment on anything, you know, because my loyalty is to the house of God. My loyalty is to the house of God. And all I have to know about the pastor is that he loves the Lord. That's all I have to know. He didn't have to impress me with his oratory abilities. I feed myself. I want to come to church to feed somebody else, you know. Uh, if you're not feeding yourself, and I pound this, I don't know how many times. If you're not feeding yourself with the word of God, if you're not listening to other people talk about God, if you're not investing yourself in a relation, a personal relationship with God through the reading of Scripture or the listening to Scripture, you're not going to get there. I believe the Holy Spirit can minister to you individually, but if you're sitting here and... You, You need to grow yourself up. Grow up. Be the strongest person at your father's funeral. So you can minister to everybody else. Let's be Christians. Let's be powerful. Let's be strong. This is what God's called us to do. It shouldn't be a surprise. It shouldn't be because in glory, I'd rather sweep the streets in glory than be Elon Musk today. Because one thing I do know, pleasure runs out. Whatever the world can offer me is nothing. It's nothing. It is truly nothing. The things that we agonize over and worry about is nothing. Jesus is everything. Because he will inform your heart. He will inform your mind. He will inform you of all the things that God has called you for, called you to do, and put into your life so you may touch somebody else. Because Larry Mulkey touched my life and Grace Mulkey touched my life so lavishly with their love. I'm still embarrassed to this day that when Grace just so lavishly loves on me, it's, it's just unnerving sometimes. I'm like, wait a minute, does she really, does she really know me? But she, yeah, she does know me. So yes, it's true. How long did that take? And how much of an investment did she make in me? Okay? So, don't just poo-poo her gracious words. You know? Don't poo-poo God's gracious words. Because his words come through the people who love and care about you in God's economy. We need to encourage each other more. We need to tell each other more that we love the you. I, I thought I'd have more time with him. I'm glad for the time that I got. But I thought I'd have more time. We always think we're going to have more time. You know. Don't have, don't have regrets. Have awesome memories. If there's a person that you've been meaning to call and talk to today, 
pick up the phone when you get out of here and talk to them. It's somebody you need to connect with today. Connect with them. If there's a hatchet you need to bury, go out in the backyard, bury that bad boy, and go find the person. Say, I got nothing for you. You know what I'm saying? Because I've watched a journey, and I know Pastor Larry's doing way more than sweeping the streets in heaven. You know what I'm saying? Be an instrument of change for the glory of God in the lives of the people that you care about. Don't hoard it all for yourself. Because you can't hoard the love of God. There's too much of it. Man, you ain't going to have nowhere to live. You know? Be happy. Be kind. Be gentle. Be long-suffering. Be understanding. There's people around that got quirky, weird habits and things that I don't get. That doesn't mean I shouldn't love them, care about them. You know? We have to get past this denominational um, chains that we wear in this country. We have to get past ourselves. Bear, you're an incredibly lovable man. I love you. I don't like hugging you because you make me feel small. But other than that... (laughs) But what a wonderful heart. Take time to get to know this man and your life will be enriched. My life is enriched. There's just so many faces, so many people. You don't understand. You don't understand. The love of God flows from you and lifts the entire community. We're a community of God's people. But you know what? Think about yourself. Are you doing the work? Are you doing the work? Are you invested in your relationship with God as invested as you are with your relationship with your wife, spouse, children, whomever? A person you call friend. Are you? Or are you just kind of in your own lane? You know? You've got your ticket. God loves you. By the very virtue in nature that you woke up this morning and you decided, I'm going to go worship God with a bunch of other people. Stop looking down on yourself. You made a commitment because you can go out, you can go to the mall right now and find tons of people in there. Have no idea there's a God that loves them, that cares about them, that can help them navigate this crazy life. Because life is crazy. You know, it's all kinds of stuff. And it's filled with such amazing pleasure. And I believe what God does when we understand the privileges that he gives to us, I believe that he opens our eyes up to the wonder of all that there is for this life. Like, what is the best thing you can think about doing? Go about and do it. Go about touching somebody's life. With the love of Jesus Christ is the greatest gift you could ever give them. And touch them often enough that they begin to kind of believe you. You know what I'm saying? We can't be wishy-washy off and on. Oh, mean this one day, nice the next day. No, because they're going to think, yeah, you Christians are schizophrenic. You're crazy. (laughs) Keep that stuff in your head. (laughs) Because I think I got like three people that I battle with in my head, you know. But that just means God's working on you. Okay? We're not going to be perfect in this life. You know? We're not. Understand that. You're not going to have a perfect life. You're not going to live your best life now. You can get close, but your best life is in heaven if you're a Christian. And if you're a Christian, get about work doing that work. Stop playing.
This ain't no game. This is life. And it's not just made for 100% pleasure. Because as we endure, our children endure. As we grow, the people around us grow. I feel like I'm a hub. I got a lot of friends. I got a lot more friends than I probably want or need. But God has given me, and day by day, he expands my capacity to love other people. Because he just tells me, hey, dude, you're not all that great. You need to love on that, dude. Maybe he'll help you be a little bit greater. You know? Let's get out of this bubble. Get out of this Christian bubble. Start touching people that aren't like you, that don't think like you. Figure out how they think and, and interject God. I've told a ton of people about my healing at work. They just kind of look at eyes glaze over a little bit. They're like, oh, I didn't know Burn was that crazy. That boy's still doing, is he still doing drugs? You know? <laughs> but God is so good. Just so good. Man, I don't deserve to be right here. You know, honestly. I know that. But he don't care. He doesn't care. You are my chosen instrument, he says. You know. I love this church. I love you people. I love God's people. Because every time I see one of you, it reminds me of God. You understand? Reminds me of God. I remember these guys running around in youth group, acting a fool. You know, it's just amazing. It's just amazing all the privileges and honor that God bestows upon us. And and we just need to cherish God. Cherish those Christian relationships that we have. Take, take a great amount of uh, learning from the people who know a little bit more, have been walking a little bit longer. Don't just say, oh, you guys are old-fashioned. You don't, you, know, you don't know. They know suffering. Anybody who was born from 1935 to 1960, they know suffering. They know unjust injustice, you know. Pick up a copy of Fox's Book of Martyrs. Stuff's still going on. We still have to be tender. What I loved about Pastor, and I'm going to close with this, what I loved about him more than anything, because he was gruff sometimes, nurse, you know, but man, that dude would start talking about Jesus and cry. Man, going crying, Charlie, man, let me give you a nap. You know, because you just, man, he would just break down. The simplest thing, we even men's Bible study, he'd start... He'd look at a verse and then he just, oh, and I knew his heart was just connected. And that's what I want. That's what you should want, that the Lord is at the center. He's on the throne. He's there. And no matter how many sins you commit, he's like, oh, what sin? What sin? You know, you just keep loving me. Keep loving the Lord. Keep loving the Lord. Stay in his word. Invest in God's word. I don't care if you have to listen to it, you know, read it. I don't care if you understand it. God will do a work in your heart when you invest time and study time with him. We need time to love. Love isn't a one way street. God has given us his Bible as a as a revelation of himself to us. He is telling us who he is, what he is, why he is and what that means to us. Check it out. It's pretty cool. I enjoy it immensely. I've enjoyed you today. Thank you so much. Um, God bless you. Thank you.
Thank you for sharing your heart today, brother. Thanks. And making us just a little bit better in this walk with the Lord. Amen. Stand to your feet if you would. What a great day in God's house. Amen. Uh, just, I just counted a privilege. I look at what our, um, what the, our Ukrainian brothers are going through right now. Um, it just boggles my mind and, um, and, and they could be very focused very easily, but we rent to a Ukrainian church. They'll come walking through the doors here in about 30 minutes and they're a great church and they're a praying church. And so when I text their, their elders and told them about Larry's passing, they could be very preoccupied with what's going on in their home country. They said, we will get on our knees and we will pray for people's church. These people can pray. I mean, they, they, these people can pray the paint off the walls. I've, I've stood in the back of this room and listened to them. And I don't understand Ukrainian, but I can sure tell when they're praying in tongues or they're praying in their own native language. It is mind-boggling. But they, this is a congregation of about 500 people, and, and we share this house with them. And it's a privilege to do that. Sometimes it's hectic. I kind of run around like a chicken with my head cut off, making sure everything's okay. Uh, and the first words from our Spanish pastor, who they all worship downstairs on Sunday afternoon, he said, Pastor Mike, we will pray for People's Church, and we will pray for the Mulkey family. And uh, so know that you are loved, and you are cared for, and and uh, and that we're all one big family. You know, amen? It's a privilege to have Ed and Cheryl Statton with us today. Ed, would you come and close us in prayer today? He's our district superintendent. They live right up the road in Battleground. I've known Ed all my life. Does that make you feel old? <laughs> a little bit. A little bit. Close us in prayer today, brother. I will. Thank, Thank you. you, Pastor Mike. Gracie, our love to you and your family. And um, so many Grace International pastors are praying, even now, for you and your family. And uh, we're going to just commit ourselves to walking beside you through this. And thank you for being the congregation you are to this family. I thank God for you. And, and Vernon, thanks for the message. Excellent job. Excellent job. So, Father, we thank you for your blessings. We thank you for this day. For this is the day you've made. And we've committed ourselves, Lord, to be in this day to bring you glory. We thank you, Lord, for Gracie and her family. We pray, God, that you would continue to give them the strength that they need to walk this mile, knowing that you walk with them, Jesus. We pray for people's church, this congregation, and ask you, Lord, to minister to them and walk with them through this time. And we do rejoice that our Pastor Larry is with you in glory. No more suffering, no more pain. We rejoice over that. And so, Lord, we step into the, into the future. We move forward, as, as Gracie said today. We make that step forward, knowing that you will never leave us nor forsake us. And we thank you for that. Lord, we give you the glory. We give you the glory and the honor and the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 God bless you.